Welcome to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, best-selling author and life coach. Join me each week to learn more about the strategies, tools, and mindset needed to arise from the overwhelm and live a joyful life you love. To learn how you can work with me further or to get your copy of my book, Arise and Shine, check out www.juliannekirkland.com. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode because the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Stacy Ansley is a business coach and owner of Build Change Impact. She works with business owners who have built successful businesses but find themselves stuck in the day-to-day. With a knack for problem solving, Stacy helps clients recapture the vision and then finally experience the freedom that comes with owning a business that's an asset and serves them and their family. Stacy, along with her husband Jason and their son Jackson, are avid NBA basketball fans and can be spotted in the stands at most Orlando Magic home games. Stacy Ansley is an overcomer and perseverance, and I'm so excited for you to meet her today. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, and you guys, I am so excited about today. I have one of the most inspiring women on my podcast today. Her name is Stacey Ansley and she is incredible. I'm just so honored to have her here today to share her amazing story of resilience and perseverance. And um, I'm getting choked up already and she hasn't even started talking yet. Um, So Stacey, welcome. Thank you, Julianne. I am really glad to be here with you today. Oh, it's going to be amazing. So I'm not, okay. So the whole series, right, is ordinary women overcoming extraordinary obstacles. And when I decided that I was going to do this series, you were the first name that popped in my head. Um, after working with you one-on-one and just really getting to know you and your story. I mean, you, you're an overcomer period, like exclamation point times three, you, you are the definition of what it takes to overcome. And you know, where your strength comes from. And I love that about you. So, okay, I'm not going to give it all away. Stacy, tell us a little bit about your story. What, what is it? How did you start out? What was going on? Go take it away. Absolutely. So I um, would say that I graduated with a business degree um, from college and then went into full-time ministry. And I worked for the ministry of Young Life for 10 years. Absolutely loved it. And then had this like sense that I really um, wanted to exit at that time where I'd started a family. And so my husband and I started our first business and it took off and it just really blew up. And then I started looking around and realizing that other people around me, while they were having some success, were really struggling in some areas that I succeeded at. And um, I'm really good at seeing a problem and then identifying a lot of different solutions and then helping kind of hone in on what possible solutions, you know, could look like. Which is so so needed in the business world. Like people need, because people get blinders on, you know, so it's so absolutely. And that's why you're so successful because you thought of other ways that were kind of out of the box. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. (laughs) So I ended up selling my first business and then going into full-time coaching and specifically working with business owners who've had a lot of success in their business, but then they realize that they're kind of stuck in their business. And so, um, it, you know, the vision they once had for their business had gotten away from them. And so now they've lacked the freedom that they ultimately desired. And so really honing in on that and helping people do that and and a high touch one-on-one, um, kind of coaching. 
had been dabbling in building out a group program, but it just never felt right. And so continued on with one-on-one, but definitely built up all the systems and all the things that, you know, you think a coaching business should have. So I had a sales team, I had copywriters, I had, you know, a very large business going along. And then um, last year, I just had this pain in my leg. Um, I was walking with a friend and it was just like, this just doesn't feel right. And so I went to um, the orthopedic surgeon and they did some tests and they're like, yep, you've definitely torn your ACL. Um, And I believe it was my MCL, like I had two tears and it was in the leg that I had previously had an injury in. So when I worked for Young Life years ago, had this injury. And so it's like, we're gonna go in and do it again come to find out that you can't really repair it again because I actually had cadaver ligaments from the first surgery. And so now there's so much damage that they're going to have to do a full knee replacement. Now, um, I'm 43 years old. I was actually 42 at the time when they told me this. And, um, so I was like a full knee at 42. That's insane. Um, how old is your son at this point? So he would have been nine years old, nine years old. Um, so that's active. So, like she's an active. Mom. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. And, uh, so I, you know, make plans to have a full knee replacement and I'm like, how much longer do I need to like move my clients around and everything. And so we set the date, we're ready to go in September. And, uh, it was supposed to happen on a Tuesday and they called and were like, Hey, we actually, are not going to do it at the hospital. We're doing them um, at an outpatient surgery center. And we've had some success with that. And um, we're going to move you to Thursday. And the reason why we're not doing it at the hospital is because of COVID. Like whether elective surgeries are happening or not, we're not really sure. But So we're going to move you to Thursday. So Thursday comes, my family drops me off there. I need to be there at six in the morning. They tell me that I will be home by five o'clock in the evening. And I'm like, okay, ready to go. I had booked off. Like, so it's Thursday. I had taken the whole next week off. I'm going to be great. We're ready to go. Well, it didn't exactly go that way. Um, I did wake up on Thursday evening, but I woke up in ICU. Mm. It turns out, um, that the main artery in my leg was actually cut during the surgery. And so I was transferred from the surgery center to the hospital um, where they went in for an emergency repair of the artery. And then ultimately I ended up in ICU where I spent a week. Um, and so during that time, I just remember like, it was very touch and go. Am I going to lose my leg? Like what is going on? Um, I had lost a significant amount of blood. So I had had blood transfusions. There's just all sorts of things that went on in that period. And what's happening to your husband and your son? Yeah. Talk about that a little. Yeah, actually, because of COVID, um, now we're in like COVID restrictions on who's allowed to visit you. And as you would imagine, ICU is extremely strict. Um, And so I was allowed one visitor. And so my husband and I made the decision that it was actually going to be my mother. I'm super fortunate that my parents um, live close by. And so we chose my mother because our son. Like, if you can imagine, he says goodbye to his mom in the morning, and then he expects her to be, you know, to see her that evening. And now what's going on with mom Um, and everyone around you and your environment is, you know, torn apart. And uh, so we were like, he needs, my husband needed to spend as much time with our son as possible. 
And so they were together. And so my mom was a trooper and just amazing and would come and, you know, take care of me. And they wanted to get me up and walking. Um, but there were certain things that could or couldn't happen. Like I had a knee brace that was at a 20% bend for three weeks because mm-hmm. they didn't, they needed the artery to heal. So you couldn't stretch out the leg, but then you needed to move the knee so that the knee replacement worked. It, it was kind of back and forth and everyone was had opinions. And, and so I just remember that time being, um, really chaotic for me in, in the, in the ICU is that there were constant rotation of people in and out of my room. Um, and just making sure that, you know, I was going to be okay. Um, and then my concern for not seeing my son and trying to communicate with him and all this sort of stuff. And Um, what, what were you, I mean, you touched on a little bit with the, you know, feeling chaos and, you know, when, when those intense situations happen, like we kind of go into, okay, this is like my laser focus right now. You know, I got to focus on this and I got to make sure my son is taken care of. And then my husband's taken care of, you know, all these things. But at night when you were by yourself, like, what were you feeling inside? Like, were you, I know you have a great relationship with the Lord. Were you upset? Were you just holding on to him? Like what, talk a little bit about your relationship with God during that really hard time in the ICU. Yeah, I know I, I was definitely holding on to him. I will say that I was very drugged during the ICU um, stay. So I, I remember bits and pieces of it. Um, but I do remember as chaotic as it was, there was a sense of peace. I mean, like you only sleep when you're in the hospital, when you're in ICU, you get woken up every few hours for this blood draw, Just this, for vitals you know, and <laughs> vitals and all the different things. And yeah. so um, I, I, I went through it. You know what I mean? Like, I do know that I, there was a sense of calmness, even in the chaos. And, um, and it didn't end there because not only did I have an ICU stent, I wasn't able to go home. I actually had to go to a rehabilitation nursing home kind of situation where I spent the next two weeks. I was definitely the youngest patient, um, by 20 or more years. Um, but it just so happens that I like have such a soft spot for the elderly. So like, I, I loved my time when I was in physical therapy because they yeah. kind of put you in a pod. Like, so when I was with all the knee replacement people, and so you got all these old guys and, you know, girls, yeah. and, and then I'm like the young one there, but, and just tried to make the most of that time. And again, it was a situation because of COVID one person. So it was my mom again. Um, but being the problem solver that I am, I, um, they gave me this ridiculous manual, like I, I mean, there probably was 80 pages in this manual of like staying Whoa. at the you know <laughs> rehab center. And so one day I'm like flipping through the manual and I'm like, pet therapy, what's pet therapy? Well, in the manual, they said, we encourage pet therapy. Your pet can come visit you in the rehabilitation center. However, your pet had to be accompanied by an eight, someone 18 years or older. And I was like, Oh, so I called up my husband. I was like, bring the dog. <laughs> You're going to be the pet man. <laughs> exactly. So anytime I wanted to see my husband during those two weeks, he had to bring the dog. To I love it so much. Um, You're a genius, Stacey. You're a genius. So um, that, and then I like knew that if, if I was going to be, first of all, through the hospital, through, you know, the rehab hospital, that 
I was going to be really strategic about what I was putting in my body. And just eating the hospital food was not going to be an option for the rehab center. And so um, I bought a mini fridge from Target and like did Target pick up, my mom went and got it and brought it in the nursing home. Um, and so like literally I had this refrigerator in there and every like nurse or, you know, whenever it'd be like the first time in my uh, you know, room, they'd be like, what in the world? Girl? And I'd be like, what? you want some snacks? You want some snacks? <laughs> exactly. And so it was, you know, a trying season that is for sure in there, but I was determined to make the best of it. And I will say that those, that time, um, wasn't the worst of it. You know what I mean? It yeah. It was home. It was once I got home, once the meal stopped, because there is that time where like you come home and your friends have all started the up meal the meal train, train and, and they're and all checking is. in on you. And it's like, <laughs> you feel so loved and cared for. And then all of a sudden it's like cricket. Yeah. Um, and so it was after all of that stopped. Yeah. Um, and when you're, you know, now you're a month after and you're two months after, and you're three months after, and nothing has changed. The hardest part for me came. So my surgery was in September. And when I was released from uh, the rehab hospital, I went home on medications. And those medications just kept getting refilled and refilled. And um, by the middle of December, I was losing my eyesight. And Mm. it turns out, that I had been on these medicines for so long and at such high dosage that, you know, um, it was affecting my eyesight. And when I could no longer read my book or could no longer see my iPhone or, you know, just, it, you just feel trapped. And you, mm. you know, at first I thought, oh, maybe I, you know, I'm at the age I need reading glasses or, you know, whatever. But there were a few other signs and I really feel like the Holy Spirit just kind of signaled to me like, no, there's something else going on here. You know, I had literally on my phone an app that would, you know, ding every few hours and be like, no, you need to take this medicine. You need to. And I was on like six to eight prescription medicines. And that's not counting, you know, your high dosage, like your oxycodone or whatever. Right. I, I I knew in myself, like, Try and get off of that as soon as possible. That's right. what people get addicted to. But right. But here's all these others, other things too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I didn't think that those would be hurting me. Yeah. And um, but they were. Mm. And so I made the intentional decision after like Googling everything. I was like, what are these drugs? Right, of course. To to really say, I'm gonna go to cold turkey off of them because none of the drugs, there's no such thing to get me better of what I had. So essentially my leg from the knee down went without blood flow for an extended period of time. So imagine pins and needles, but to the umpteenth degree, because now you've got blood flow, you know, it's just so painful. But then the nerves in the leg from the knee down were all damaged. And so just extreme neuropathy and pains and all sorts of things. And so there's no magic pill that is going to make that better. Everything I had been prescribed was to numb all of that. Yeah. But there's no pill to say, hey, go to your left leg. Only. <laughs> you know, only. Just this area. <laughs> exactly. And so it numbed me as a person. Mm. And 
and I knew I was in there still, but I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I went cold Turkey off of everything about a week later, my husband said to me, you seem to be doing really good. Like you're a different person. What's up? And I was like, Oh, by the way. <laughs> and he like kind of flipped out. He's like, you need to go to the doctor and you need to talk to them and we need to make sure this is okay. And so like I talked to them, they were all fine. Um, but it was a matter of, I had to make that decision and right. say like, this is what's best for me. Um, and kind of be able to start making the steps to moving forward. Yeah. And you know, so we go from September, now we're in January and literally, you know, I kept a few clients, um, and that really I chose to work with and who chose to continue to work with me because I was very transparent of this is what I'm going through. Yes. I can still think, yes, I can still help you with your business and help it grow, but you're going to have to be okay with meeting with me in my recliner and not in my office or, you know, whatever. And, and there are a few clients who, you know, were like, absolutely. Like, let's just keep going. Um, and so I, you know, I kept those few clients, but in that time also just the uncertainty of when does this get better? What, you know, and so, um, transitioned of from this large team to like completely scaling back, what do we need to run the business? What does that look like? And, And so God just really showed me that I had been doing things the way that the world had told me I needed to be doing them. And while I was successful, um, it wasn't in spite of him, but it was not with his blessing. Um, And it was not, um, I had gotten away from my own vision (laughs) of, of what I really wanted. And ironically, my program's called Vision to Freedom. And, and so I was like, I, I really want to build this in a way that is about my freedom in Christ and Mm -hmm. serve my family and all of these things. And, and so that looks a little different today um, than it did back then. And I have confidence that the business will be exactly what God intends it to be and that it will build back up the way it's supposed to be. Um, I, I often think about, um, like, I don't know if you've ever come across people who were like former millionaires and then they like lose it all, but like they build up and become millionaires again right? It, because they know what it takes. Like, you yeah. know, it's just like, and I, I'm not saying that in the way of like the business being a certain dollar amount or revenue or anything like that. I'm just saying that in the fact of like, I know I can have a tremendous impact and that I will be back at the place where I was, um, but that it will look different this time. And so that's really where I'm at. I'm now nine months after surgery. Um, I can walk, which was a huge thing. Um, I started walking around Thanksgiving. Mm. I cannot walk long distances yet. Um, I have a wheelchair that when, you know, our family goes to different things, we just took our son to see dude. Perfect. Um, they had like, you know, they're doing a tour. And so we went to arena in Tampa and I was like, yeah, we're not going to be able to walk from the parking garage. <laughs> All to the to our seat. <laughs> yeah. right. And so, you know, we get handicapped seating and I, uh, you know, sit in the wheelchair and my husband pushes me and, 
So I do that, but I have a cane for the rest of the time. Really right now, the emphasis is on a few nerves that haven't recovered or aren't really showing sign of regeneration at this point. I do hyperbaric chamber um, treatments. I'm in there twice a week for about three hours um, a week. And so just really doing everything that I know to do um, that is serving my body and um, allowing for some recovery to happen as holistically as possible and really not allowing today's modern medicine to dictate what that looks like. I, like, would I consider something? Absolutely. But I think I'm more eyes wide open yeah. now than I, as to like what my options are and what's best for me. And yeah. what's best for me is different from what's best for somebody else, okay. but just really um, in regards to my health and yeah. recovery. Well, and I love too, when you were talking about how um, this whole experience, you know, we all go through things, right? We all go through these really hard times, be it financial or medical or what I knew, you know, kind of got hit with both at the same time. And um, yours at this point in time, as far as you know, is pretty permanent, right? You know, things can change, things can happen, but yeah. you will always be dealing with this in some shape, way, or form, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they say a year is kind of the time frame. So like three more months, here we go. Yeah. But, and God can do anything. Absolutely. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. Um, and so I love how you're talking about how you, ha you had to kind of like reframe and get really clear on, okay, now, now that I have this opportunity to rebuild, I want to make sure that I'm building my vision of my business. But Stacey, I also know from, you know, having been with you, you had to do a lot of that inner rebuilding as well. And working on your identity is in who Christ is that you are and not, you know, like you had, again, you had these like both angles you were working at and you know, doing the inner part is the part that so many people are fearful to confront and you hit it head on. You're like, okay, like, this is it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take it like a champ and I'm going to, I'm going to rock at it. And you have, you've, you've looked at it dead in the face and been like, okay, this is, this is what I've been presented with. I can whine and complain about it all day long and I'm completely justified in doing so, you know, or I can have my moments. I'm not going to make them a monument and I'm going to continue to move forward and, and trust God that he's going to be working all these things inside of me to best glorify him. And I love the, the way that you've done that because so many people are like, oh, it is what it is. This is where, yeah. I'm, you know, and you're like, okay, or, <laughs> or yeah, I and actually of it. So that's really how we ended up working together is because in fact, before we did our intro call, I had met with a counselor for an initial like preliminary thing. And she's like doing the timeline of my life and any crisis I've ever had and all this sort of stuff. And she's like, it's like a two year process. We're going to work through this. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> no, like I don't have two years to yeah. like dissect my life in this way. And I am a firm believer. And um, so like, I'm really good at building systems and habits and like all of that sort of stuff. Um, in fact, I'm going back right now 
and oh my goodness, the habit book um, that's really popular right now. Atomic Anyways, habit. I'm yes, Atomic Habits. And there is a line in there is like, you are in no obligation to be the same person you were five minutes ago. Like, and, and so like the past is the past. What happened? Like, let's, let's move forward. And not that there isn't healing that has to happen because there absolutely is. I'm like, we're definitely going through that as a family. Like our son is 10 years old and like Four months after the accident, he would sleep on the couch in our master bedroom. So we like have a sitting area in our master bedroom and he would sleep on the couch there because trauma of like not having losing mom, potentially losing mom, like all of this sort of stuff. Um, And so the way we finally got him out of our bedroom was we sold the couch. I mean, like literally we were like, oh, we're going to get new furniture. Sell the couch. (laughs) 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 Exactly. But he moved to the living room and then finally he, you know, moved back to his bedroom. I mean, and, but we're still working through other things and he's always, you know, he's so helpful and he's so um, present. It's just amazing little blessings that have come like God blessings that have happened throughout this time. So financially we were okay and we've been okay. Like it, so that's always an, an issue when you go through something like this, it's like, Oh my goodness. And, and you both work in the business. Like my husband and I, this is our sole source of income. Um, but to be okay is great. But then the other thing is that we had made a transition this year with our son's school. Um, and you actually interviewed not long ago, Angie Taylor, uh, who's the co-founder of Valor Global Online. And so our son had started at that school this year. And so we were like, I don't know, two weeks into the school year when this happened and to have our son not at a, you know, eight to three school day, but to have him home and to be around us and to, you know, still receive an incredible education um, was such an incredible blessing for all of us. And I got to spend more time with him with his schooling because we made that transition. And did we even know that this was going to be part of it? No. And that's not the reason why we did virtual schooling. You know, we did it because we wanted to travel more and because we wanted some more freedom. Well, we've traveled a lot less, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, those are just other circumstances. Do we plan on traveling more this next school year? Hopefully so. Um, but we didn't know that that was what this year was going to look like, but I see God's hand in that. Yeah. And that has allowed for some healing. Our my son and husband have um, done consistent morning Bible study together um, oh. this entire year. And like this morning, as I was getting ready, I heard them in the living room doing their Bible study, and you know, just going through, you know, some serious conversations. And yeah. and he's just matured so much. And um, so I I love the special blessings that I'm getting to witness because of all of this. Um, in the midst of a pretty difficult situation. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Stacey, what would be um, like the biggest piece of advice that you would give somebody right now that is in, that is entering that phase of the meal train has stopped, people have stopped coming by, people have stopped offering to help. Like they're in that moment right now after an injury what is your biggest piece of advice to them? I would say determine what feeds you, meaning like 
you need time in the word and you need time with other people. Like I definitely am an extrovert. And so not being around people was really hard. Um, but then I was very intentional to find an online Bible study or to, you know, to be in community with other people. Yeah. And so as I like would reach out to friends, like I, I wasn't afraid to, to reach out to friends and say, Hey, like, let's have a phone call. Let's do this. And, and getting to that place of figure out what you need as a person, because if you're fueled up and, and feel supported in that way, then then you're going to be able to achieve what you need to do and get really clear on what it is that you want. And that took me a while. Like I, you know, um, kind of vacillated of what I, again, what I thought I wanted, but what is it I really want? Um, and, and what does that look like for not only me, but for my family? Um, and I tend to be like the family first person. (laughs) Um, and so just, you know, making sure that that served me as well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That, That's so important that to refocus on, okay, what is it that I actually want? Because like you were saying, when you're talking about how your business and how it was just kind of exploding, you think, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to want. This is, you know, this is fruitful and this is what I'm supposed to want. And then, you know, your story reminds me so much of Job. It's like, oh, wait, everything's going to get disrupted. Everything's going to get, you know, taken away. There's going to be a lot of doubt and discouragement and people are going to be coming at you and, oh, you need to do this and, oh, you need to do this. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. I got to get really clear on my relationship with the Lord and what it is that I actually want and why, mm-hmm. why is it that I want it? Because that is what's going to help you keep moving forward day after day when things change, because you have doctor's appointments and you have to be in the hyperbaric chamber and you like, you have all these things you know, that you have to do to continue to get better. And so I mean, up until just like two weeks ago, I had a minimum of five hours a week between physical therapy and hyperbaric. And my week could go up to 15 hours or more a week of doctor's appointments. And so just realizing that I had to give myself grace as well. Um, but that I needed to do things that actually moved the needle in my business because I am, um, so Enneagram three, but then when I redid it, um, after the accident, I had actually become an Enneagram one This perfectionism had kind of set in. And so it's like, how do I, and it was a control issue. It was like, I wanted to have control of what I can control. And I finally feel like I'm making that transition back to my true self. Um, and, and what I, um, am comfortable in and who I am in Christ and, and not trying to, to control everything. Um, do I still really like a really clean house and a car that's really clean and all of those things? Absolutely. (laughs) Um, but I can still, you know, have some grace and things and we're, so we're, we're moving forward as a family, um, in this new season and, yeah, exciting things. I love that. And just to to let everybody know that maybe doesn't follow the Enneagram, the Enneagram three is the achiever. And so that, you know, they're goal oriented, they're very list oriented, they're high achievers. And so, you know, when Stacy went through her accident and she wasn't like physically able to achieve at the level that she was achieving, her personality somewhat shifted and it's like, okay, well I can move more to being a perfectionist at the things that I can achieve you know, and 
what I want to encourage everybody to understand is that no matter what your disc label is, no matter what your Enneagram label is, no matter what anybody labels you, no matter what any personality test says, the truth is your identity is in who Christ says that you are. And you can always change and grow and move forward. If there's something that you don't like, then you have the full authority to claim something different. You know, we're gifted with everything that the spirit has to offer. And if you want to be experiencing a stronger gifting, then you ask for it. God's not like, no, (laughs) I'm not going to let you have that. That's not how he works. (laughs) Like he wants you to experience the fullness of everything that he has. And so I love having been able to journey alongside of you and see that shift of you really getting clear on who you are becoming with Christ. And it is a becoming thing, you know, so often these things, these challenges that we go through because nothing has stopped, like you're still facing challenges. It's, it's now this new level of challenge. It's something different. It's something a little bit unique and, and a little different in how the approach of it happens. And so it's okay. I got to take what I know, what my strengths are and who God says that I am. And now I got to tackle this next thing. And so I love that you are, are helping people in the business world regain their vision and not work in their business as much to be able to really work on their business and to fulfill their vision and to hire the right team. And that's so important for entrepreneurs um, that really are are starting to grow and experience a big growth. They're like, oh, wait, I, I need help. That's so important for people to do. It's okay to say it. (laughs) Absolutely. You you know? Yeah. I once had a client who was um, like, she was more willing to hire a babysitter to watch her kids than to hire someone to help work in her business. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. (laughs) Like, like it, it just that mindset of like, okay, how do we, how do we do this? Right. And I love that you do that. You open those blinders because you do, you get tunnel vision when you're in it. You think, oh, this is what everybody else is supposed to be doing, but that's where you really Mm -hmm. have to get clear on okay, but what is it that you're being called to do? It might be different and it doesn't have to look the same as somebody else. So I love that. Absolutely. And just like making sure she was clear on like, this is what you're choosing. Like, that's totally fine. But but like, if that's your choice, be really clear that 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 is your choice. Okay. We're going to do rapid fire questions. Okay. Okay. So you just answer right off the cuff. Okay. No time to think about it. Okay. What is one place to visit on your bucket list? Norway, Nor- Northern Lights, Norway with the Northern Lights. I immediately thought of Frozen. <laughs> Norway, I was like Elsa, which is funny because I am always freezing cold. But like our family just has a fascination with the Northern Lights, yeah. And so, yes, I will go and freeze for a while for Norway. Northern Lights to see them. That's cool. All right, tacos or pizza? Pizza thin crust. Pizza thin crust, she says. My kids love a thin crust. I like a big doughy crust. I'm a bread girl. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's your favorite book of the Bible? Okay. I'm going to have to go with Psalms and Ephesians. So Psalms, because I absolutely love worship music. And Mm. so when you're singing a song and then you're like, wait a minute, I like they, you know, they took this part of Psalms and it's in this, you know, yeah. song. I love that. I do too. Um, 
And then Ephesians really because it's clear that we are to stand apart, but that we are to be influential still in society. And so I love that aspect. Yeah, that's so true. And I love what you're saying about the um, songs part of it. I remember when I first started really getting active in my small groups at church and the Bible studies, and I felt so intimidated by all these women who had memorized scripture. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not good at that. <laughs> like even to this mm-hmm. day, I'm still not good at it. You know, like I can, I can quote the gist of it and I can tell you, you know, certain things about different chapters, but I'm not always sure the location of where it goes. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I love that one lady came up to me, you know, there's always those word, those women of wisdom in your church that are just, older, yeah. just beautiful and just kind spirits. And she just came up to me and she said, do you listen to worship music? Just like regular Christian worship music. It doesn't even have to be like church worship music, just Christian radio. And Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I love it. And she was like, I want you to start paying attention to, you know, different verses of the songs, the chorus. And um, she says, I want you to start looking them up. Just Google them and see what chapters they are. And they're all, they do. That was exactly what all these amazing songwriters do. And I'm like, oh, it's genius. So that's always been such an encouragement of like, I can, I can be worshiping. I can be receiving the word and hiding it in my heart just by listening to it in the car with my kids. You know, yeah, Spotify is on every morning in our house with worship music for probably the first two hours of the day. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's awesome. And it helps change the atmosphere too. You know, if if you're down and out, like turn on some worship music, open up the lights of the house, open up the curtains, just allow God to work in your home. And he will. It's just, it's so amazing. Okay. Um, oh, favorite person of the Bible. Okay. So when I was in college, um, I had an amazing professor who at the end of the semester gave everyone their like biblical character. And so when I was given mine, I've just clung to it. And so it's Lydia. She appears maybe twice uh, in Acts. And she was a seller of purple cloth. Um, So she had some influence in her community, um, but she had more of an influence on her family. Her whole family came to know the Lord um, really because of her. And so uh, that is really what I have clung to. And I didn't actually accept Christ until I was 17 because of the ministry of young life. I was not raised in a home that we didn't attend church or anything, um, growing up. And so just that knowledge that, um, my relationship with Christ can be influential on my family's tree. Um, is, that's why Lydia. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. All right, Stacey, any last words of wisdom for our audience today? I think I'm going to go back to that quote from Atomic Habits that we are under no obligation to be the person that we were five minutes ago and just really lean in to, you know, what you're sensing the Holy Spirit um, to say to you and how he is leading you. And yeah, you can't go wrong. Awesome. I love it so much. Stacey, thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing your story and being vulnerable before us. You know, we learned so much from just listening to other people's authentic stories. You know, we think we need to hide those parts of us. And and you've just encouraged me today. I know you've encouraged those who have been listening. So thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Awesome. All right, my friends, that's all I have for you today. Remember, the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Bye for now.